lot of them are surprised the fact that you take initiative and you actually reach out to buyers that bought in the area. Because sometimes it's like a big corporation that buys homes and flip them or it's just mom and pop kind of business that buy them. Best ever listeners, we've got the best ever conference coming up in February. What? February? Yes. I know that's a long way away. But if you want to save on the tickets, then get them now at besteverconference.com because the earlier you buy them, the more money you'll save on them. So go to besteverconference.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. Today is Sunday. First off, I hope you're having a best ever Sunday. Because it's Sunday, we got a special segment for you called Skill Set Sunday. And the skill set that you will learn or hone today is how to sell your property quickly and for a very high price. With us today, we've got Jaden Putney, who is going to walk us through and talk to us about that. How are you doing, Jaden? I'm doing good, Joe. How are you? I'm doing well and nice to have you back on the show. Best ever listeners, you can hear Jaden's best ever advice, episode 641, titled How One of the Youngest Guests on the Show Closed His First Deal in High School. Very intriguing. And Jaden is the author of The $8,000 Phone Call. He is the youngest wholesaler in Arizona. Perhaps you were. It's been a while since we talked. <laughs> and you're based in Phoenix, Arizona. So you're a wholesaler and an investor. So talk to us about selling. What should we know about how to get the highest and quickest sale of our property? Well, I think what it really comes down to is knowing your buyers and knowing the area. I think if you know what your buyer can pay or what your buyers can pay for a certain property, whether it be a single family residence, a multifamily or a land deal, I think that's really going to narrow down what you can sell for and hone down on what you can sell next properties for. That makes sense. So what research do you do to know the buyers? And then we'll go into the area. For a lot of our buyers, typically in Arizona, we do work with a lot of continuous buyers. We work with the same buyers, but we do find a lot of different buyers when we do send out a property. So we'll send one out. And if we know the area very well, we know who's going to buy it. But if it's a new area or not so nice area, we will skip trace buyers in the area by LLC and we will find them that way to know who's buying in the area. When you skip trace, first off, for anyone not familiar with skip trace, what is it? Skip tracing is the service you use to find the address and phone number and typically a little bit more information on a person that you want to look up, or you can find an LLC information as well. Okay. What service do you use to skip trace? We use one of the more typical ones, TLO. What is it? TLO. TLO, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Yep, that's a very common service. Approximately how much does that cost? On the level we do it now, we pay 40, 50 cents for every person that we skip trace. On a more uncommon level, like if somebody was just to skip trace a few people, it's going to cost you about a dollar a person. Okay. Once you get their address, their phone number, first off, who do you determine you're going to skip trace to get information? If we do lock up, say, like a three bedroom, two bath in an area, say it's a brick built home. What we're going to do is we're going to look at other similar properties that sold like ours in the area. Say an LLC just bought one similar, that's a three-bedroom, two-bath, brick-style home, and they bought it for 80000 and we just picked up one for sixty. And I drive by, and I see the property, and I see that they bought it in similar condition, and they're remodeling it. What we'll do is we'll skip trace that LLC, find the owner, 
of the LLC corporation. And we just gave him our pitch on another property nearby. What's your pitch? On the surface, I don't think there needs to even be a pitch, right? Because you're giving a really good deal. But I'm just curious, what do you say to them? What I say, because a lot of them are curious on like, because they're doing a remodel in the area and they're curious on why is this person calling me. And a lot of them are surprised the fact that you take initiative and you actually reach out to buyers that bought in the area. Because sometimes it's like a big corporation that buys homes and flip them or it's just mom and pop kind of business that buy them. Okay. You just tell them, hey, I got a deal close by. It's for this much. You want to buy it? Is that basically it? Basically it. But if, if you want to go more in like an in-depth, more perspective, you can say like, hey, I noticed you bought 123 Main Street and I've actually got one down the street from Main Street just like it. And we just kind of pitch them on the idea. It's perfect for their next flip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very effective way of doing it. What about from a negotiation standpoint? Because part of this is how do we sell quickly and at a high price that makes sense for you? So if they were to push back on the numbers, how do you approach that? Typically, when we do lock up a property, we're pretty dead set on our numbers and what we lock it up for and what we can sell it for. So if a buyer does come back and say, you know, like, hey, I, I can only do so much, there's going to be some questions on why he only got that number. And if there is a considerable drop, we will explain to him why we think this specific property is worth that. Mm -hmm. Any common reasons why it's worth X and not what they think it's worth that come up? Typically, I would say some of the more common reasons, brick versus wood built, years built, and what the style of the home is. Can you elaborate on the style of the home and how that would vary on price? There's homes selling in the area that look more like a bungalow type property, and you have one that looks like a straight shoebox you're typically going to get less for the property because that's not what the area is selling at and that's not what people are going to be buying in the area. They're going to want something that looks like the rest of the neighborhood. You really don't want that oddball property. As far as the area goes, anything else we need to talk about as it relates to the buyers that you can think of? Not really. If you can find a new buyer, my suggestion to you would be to build the best relationship you can with them. We actually typically send gift baskets and gift cards all of our buyers that have bought properties from us and we continue to do so and they keep coming back for business because they love dealing with us mm -hmm. and that's going to get you that continuous good buyer relationship for most properties now they actually don't even drive or look inside of our properties they just look at the numbers they know what it is and they just buy it how much do you invest in a gift basket to an investor honestly it's no more than fifty dollars to buy okay. just some sort of gift basket you can throw together or a 25 dollars starbucks gift card okay and you send that to him or her after they close on a deal with you? Yep. And then just like the same thing we do with our title companies, we take care of them as well. If it's a smooth, easy transaction, we'll send them something as well, or we'll send them something every quarter just to say, hey, thank you so much for, for all the properties you've helped us buy and sell. Here's a little gift basket and gift cards. And that really, really goes a long way in people appreciating you and continuing to care about you and your business. Now let's talk about the area. When we started out this conversation, the outcome is to learn how to sell quickly and at a high price. And you said in order to do that, you need to know these two things, the buyers who are going to buy and the area that the property's in. So what research do you do on the area now that we've talked about the buyer? For Arizona, that's our hometown. We all live here, me and my team. We all live here. We know the areas pretty well. We know if we buy in a certain zip code or a certain side of town, we know kind of the area that's going to be. If it's more of a CD kind of average area, 
we know what they're going to pay for that property. And if it's a higher class, $400,000, $500,000 home, we know that we have a smaller list of select buyers that have that much capital or have access to the hard money. So based on the area's price point, which is one of the main things you're focused on, that determines what buyers that you're going to reach out to. Yeah, exactly. So if we have forty, fifty thousand dollar home, it's going to raise a lot of interest with a lot of buyers because one way or another, you can raise forty or fifty thousand plus another twenty thousand repairs very easily versus coming up with four or five hundred thousand and twenty percent down on the hard money. Do you have a, a different way to approach? the buyers who are in the $500,000 price point versus the 50? I would say they're equally the same. You're just going to, the same way you pitch it is going to be the same. You're going to talk to them the same. There's nothing different. I would say the only thing different is how you deal with sellers. Typically on smaller, cheaper priced properties, they're vacant properties or they're very distressed and they want to get out quickly, either be foreclosure or they inherited the property. Typically properties that are four, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars $600,000. They know what they're doing. They know what to expect. Sellers are typically very, very educated. Mm. Anything else as it relates to selling quickly and for the highest price that we haven't talked about that you wanted to bring up? I would say, you know, just know the property in and out. Something as small as a less bedroom can really, really hurt your price point and what you think you can sell it for. Because if you come in with a property and it comes out to be smaller or there's add-ons or one less bedroom, that can really hurt your purchase price that you bought it for, and that can really hurt your sell size. Tell us a story about a deal that was challenging, but you ended up selling it quickly for a high price. We did have a property in Nevada because we do purchase homes in Nevada, and this one was specifically in Las Vegas. This one ended up having, supposedly it was supposed to have over a 1,000 square foot extra in permits and add-ons, but once we started getting into it, we realized that one, the add-ons weren't there. The lady was unsure of how big her house was. We had somebody go out and measure it. Ended up being just ridiculously much smaller. And then that one actually took about two months to get through because we did have buyers back out. And it was just a, a big, big mess. But at the end of the day, I believe we ended up clearing 25000 on a wholesale. What were some keys to that deal that allowed you to clear that profit? I think one of the main keys is customer service and providing a service to your seller. Towards the end, we paid half of her taxes that she owed. We helped her with a moving company and we did help her move out of the property as well. And that's things that not many other investors are going to help you do. And that's kind of what sets us apart. Hmm. Anything else as it relates to this topic that we haven't discussed that you want to bring up? I think that's really it. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts and your experience and your advice for us to get the most out of the properties that we're selling and do it in a quick fashion. A couple things that I found really interesting. One is you and the buyer are negotiating back and forth on the price. Take a look at three things. One is brick versus wood build two is your build, and three is the style of the home, and perhaps come prepared to have talking points on each of those three so that you can quickly react to their objection with some statistics, number one. And then the other thing is with the buyers, your approach for proactively finding buyers by looking up who's bought in that neighborhood a similar property, getting their contact information through skip tracing, you use TLO 
as a service, about 50 cents a person or maybe a dollar a person, depending on the volume that you use, and then reach out to them. That truly is the best target audience for that property and really appreciate you sharing that with us. So thanks a lot for being on the show. How can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? They can either get in touch with me through my Facebook or they can just give me a call. Either or is fine. My phone number is 602-501-2534. Jaden, thank you so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Joe. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Best ever listeners, we've got the best ever conference coming up in February. What? February? Yes. I know that's a long way away, but if you want to save on the tickets, then get them now at besteverconference.com because the earlier you buy them, the more money you'll save on them. So go to besteverconference.com. Are you seeking investors, negotiating deals, and making things happen? The Seven Figure Sales Podcast has exactly what you need. Host Taylor Lote interviews real estate investors, sales trainers, and successful entrepreneurs to bring you their top sales secrets. Learn more at sevenfiguresalespodcast.com and listen on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts.